0: Do people in prison have any hope of forgiveness? Next on the Ex-Mormon Files. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you spending some time with us. And as mentioned before, we're going to be visiting with Lance Earl. And if he looks familiar, it's because uh, we actually interviewed you. We did. Thanks for coming down from Idaho, by the way. We interviewed Lance back in uh, 2016, actually, almost two years ago. Right. And so, if you'll check on episodes 250 and 251, we did two interviews with him, and or two half-hour interviews, and um, you'll get more full the story that Lance has. But he's he, uh, he's got such an interesting ministry going on right now that we we wanted to share that with with uh, Mormons. I think sometimes Mormons think that. Uh, you know, once you leave the church and you just you're you're saved by grace, you just kind of lay down and uh, on the beach and drink drinks, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you know one of my
1: one of the things I like to say a lot in is is does your Christianity go beyond the edge of the pew? If if it's if you're is just a Sunday just Christian sitting there and walking out, yeah, yeah, we just felt like we felt like God did such an amazing work. In our lives, yeah, that we would be literally and completely amiss if we didn't share it.
0: Share this good news. And well, just real quickly, I know your background is you were sixty years in the church, mm-hmm. married, married to Grace for forty. Right. You were married, sealed in the Ogden Temple because of her baptism. Uh, she was joint. She joined the church or converted, as I guess we say. But um, then a year later, you get married and sealed in the temple. Right. Right. You're gospel doctrine teacher, you're yeah. elders quorum president, you're yeah. active. You actually even set apart to work in the temple. Was I right? was a veil
1: worker, worker, a veil worker in the temple.
0: So there's somebody that has uh, a background in Mormonism, and yet uh, God at some point says, uh, taps you on the shoulder or slaps you in the face, and says, Lance, uh, I need ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, you. Well, know, as, Is that as, kind of what happened? Well, I mean, how did you come to to start saying, you know, I, I think something's amiss here and I, I don't have enough Jesus. If,
1: if I go back clear to the beginning, uh, I can always remember that there were parts of the uh, Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, there were scriptures and passages that I loved because there is truth in there, Yeah. but but the whole package isn't true. But I, I struggled to say, I know Joseph Smith is a prophet. I didn't know that. I liked some of what he wrote, but i questioned him and Uh i don't know that sounds weird doesn't it but that was that was me and then later as we came toward the end i just started looking for jesus and i couldn't find him in mormonism where wherever he was he wasn't there and i was just coming up empty
0: now, we talked with Grace last time about these two red-letter Bibles. Had no. you been questioning the church at this point when she ordered those and yeah, you started yeah. reading them? Well, actually, I
1: ordered them. I'm the hero. Oh, you are. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I ordered them, and, and you know, it was it was just amazing. We started reading. She, Did it
0: just open up for you?
1: Uh, a pastor in Utah, one of the churches that we visit regularly, he asked me one time what part of the Bible hooked you and—, and brought you to Jesus and I said, Matthew chapter one. <laughs> and it's the only time I've ever been called a liar by a pastor, he said, Matthew chapter one doesn't convert anyone, it's just the genealogy of Jesus. I said, I know. But we prayed to God to show us his truth and yes. the second I started reading the word I just knew. I, I, I read the names, I couldn't pronounce them. <laughs> I had no idea why any of them were significant. But I opened the word of God trusting in him and he poured his love, his life, his spirit, his blood out on me. Mm. And I was changed. I was mm. new. Just that simple.
0: Well, that's amazing. And uh, tell us, I think this may be an appropriate time to tell this other story about your uh, ice cream lady <laughs> real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, my
1: my granddaughter was in a, a near-drowning 12, 13 years ago. Mm. And uh, so she was found floating in a pool, which was very frightening and And so my wife and I jumped on a plane and we flew to Southern California to be with our family. While we were there, we met the grandparents from the other side of the family. And Leslie was the step-grandmother to my granddaughter. And uh, we met them briefly in in the hospital, and I'd forgotten all about meeting them. At a graduation celebration for another granddaughter just this past summer, we got this to meet like
0: 10, 11 years later. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We got to meet Leslie again, and we were sitting in an ice cream shop. <laughs> and we're just talking and laughing and enjoying each other. And Leslie starts to cry. And she's just sitting there crying, just buckets of tears into her ice cream. And I, I'm looking at her thinking, this, this woman is, she's broken. Something's goofy with her, you know? Right. And she said, can I share something with you? And I said, of course. She said, do you remember when we met in the hospital 12, 13 years ago, whatever it was? And I said, I'm sorry, I don't. And she said, well, we never forgot you. And so Leslie gets together with a group of women in Southern California once a week. These
0: are Christian ladies. Christian ladies.
1: And they pray over whatever. And so this group of Christian women have prayed for Grace and I, <laughs> that we would be saved from Mormonism for 12, 13 years. They prayed every week. They never stopped praying for us. And so she was crying into her ice cream okay, she, because she had just learned just a few days earlier that we had come out of Mormonism okay. and become Christian and we saved. And so she was actually just, just praying because she was so humbled. because after all that time, her she saw God hands, work. Yeah. And so her name is Leslie, and she is amazing. She is so full of love. She checks in with me every Tuesday. And now in our Mormon outreach ministry yeah. and also in our prison ministry, she prays, her and her little group, they pray for the special needs of the people that we deal with in our ministry. And it's such a strength to know that 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 these ladies are lifting these people up. Yeah. And in the prison, we don't give personal information about others, you know, there's a lot of rules and stuff, and so we don't do that. And so they don't know her name. Oh, but, but the ladies in the prison where we where we minister, they just call her the salted ice cream lady. <laughs> and it, because she's, it, because she's crying it. <laughs> salty tears into her ice cream. They know her as the salted ice cream lady, and they love her because she prays for them every week. And lifts them up and they know that it's incredible
0: so tell us how you got what, the reason main reason you want to share is because of this prison ministry you have what happened did someone come to you and say hey we need you over here one day or uh, no what happened?
1: no I we are there because of my father for my father who has been dead now for a lot of years oh the Mormon church has certain things and they say that Jesus' blood is too thin to cover certain sins and so, <laughs> That's so a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah. My father had an affair when I was a little boy. He was a good Three Mormon, or four. He was woman. a Mormon man. He married my mother in the temple, and he had an affair. And of course, there's no excuse for that. Sin is sin. And he went to the church and he jumped through the hoops and was forgiven. And then um, we fast forward till I was 17. At this time, my dad was an executive with the Jetway Corporation, you know, the passenger loading bridges oh, yeah, that go out yeah. to the airplanes. airplanes. And, yeah. and and so he was part of the team that oversaw the installation, the initial installation of jetways in domestic and European airports. Wow. And so he was very successful. He would He made a lot of money. He was in Germany when I was 17 doing those installations at an airport there. And he had a one-nighter with a woman again. And, and again, I don't justify that. Sure. But he came back and he confessed his sin and he was shown Doctrine and Covenants, I think it's 42, that tells yeah. tells us that, that a man can be forgiven of adultery once, but there is no forgiveness in this life or the life to come for anyone who repeats that sin. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, I'm one of seven sons, I'm the oldest. Uh, Mormonism is really the school of Pharisees. And when the church said that my father couldn't be forgiven, we kind of wrote him off. And we, as his, as his sons- That was we,
0: really the message he got, that he couldn't be forgiven. And that he
1: couldn't be forgiven. and And we believed it as his sons. And so we wrote him off. And so in that one sin, that one slip up, he lost his hope he lost his religion he lost his god and he lost his sons and uh... it wasn't very many years later that my dad having lost everything his life just fell apart he went from the successful man to a man who died in a single wide skanky trailer on the wrong side of the tracks in phoenix arizona as an alcoholic oh gosh and all of this because there was no hope. And so my wife and I started questioning, where can we find people? Where can we find a population of people that have had this kind of sin recurrent in their lives? And we thought the prisons is an
0: obvious answer. So you really generated this yourself then?
1: We went there because there are people in the prisons who are without hope. And it has been the most amazing ministry we have ever seen. I, I can't tell details. I wish I could yeah. share the names yeah. and, and the details of what we see, but that's against the
0: rules. But you preach, are you teaching out of the Bible? Are you able to do that? Yes,
1: we teach, we teach Bible studies. We go in and we do, we do several Bible studies a week, plus we go in on Sundays and do the church the services service. for the population.
0: And how are they, And have they been receptive?
1: They have been receptive. <laughs> it is it is amazing. But one of the most beautiful things is, again, I, I wish I could share the details. But there are women there who have committed sins that cannot be forgiven according to Mormonism. There's no forgiveness for them, and they go in, and the Mormons come in and teach them that they cannot be forgiven. We went in with an, we go in with another message, and the, some of the most powerful ministries in that prison in that very black place are are run by women that mormonism says cannot be forgiven and the smile on their face never dies the light never stops pouring out of them their hope uh, is just in most amazing. in most ways that matter yeah they are more free than you and I and some of them are serving life without possibility of parole and they're actively ministering and they will they will live and die inside those walls and they will minister until the day they die praising God with every step and it is incredible to
0: see well most of them probably don't know Jesus or maybe haven't really met Jesus along the way until they get there right yeah you know these these women
1: are not bad people they're they're like you and I
0: yeah
1: in fact the sins that you and I made when we said, I am a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, yeah. or the crazy nonsense we did in the temple, I believe those blasphemies are greater sins than what they have done.
0: You're probably right.
1: And they have these women have come up in very difficult circumstances, and they're just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful and, people.
0: And isn't it easy to judge and be so proud that your life is so much better?
1: <laughs> you know... That's that's one thing that's incredible, is is um, Lance Earl, the Mormon Pharisee, would not have gone into those people. And I tell the girls that all the time. I'd say, I would have nothing to do with you, yeah. ever,
0: yeah.
1: as a Mormon.
0: In fact, uh, please, the tattoos, the... All of that. Yeah, everything. The, yeah. The sins and everything. Yeah.
1: In fact, I tell them that there is one passage in the Bible that may be translated incorrectly.
0: What's that?
1: It's the one, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, of sure. course, but uh, it's the one that talks about uh, those who give up lands, father, mother, brother, sister, for me, I will give back a hundredfold. And so we had this incredible event just a week ago, just Saturday, where we were out in the yard with these girls at this maximum security prison, and and there was a there was a uh, we we baptized 27 that day. Woo! <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. We baptized 27, but there was one girl who was in line, and she was a black girl. And she came up, and while she was waiting to be baptized, she said, "Will you pray for me?" And I said, "Sure." And I questioned her a little bit, and she was a little bit afraid because her family didn't know God, and she wasn't sure how that would be received. And so. I prayed with this woman and and I took her hands in mine and we prayed and talked you know talked together and prayed together about Jesus mm-hmm. and the grace and how through her her family can see Christ yeah. and change but the the crazy thing is afterwards we were just chatting and and I shared with her that we are all broken, and we all come to Christ from different areas, and that I came from the area of a Pharisee. And I told her straight up, there was a time when I would have hated you simply because of the color of your skin.
0: You told her that?
1: I did. (laughs) And I said, and now, with this scripture that says you will receive a hundredfold if you lose father, Mm -hmm. mother, lands, well, we've lost a lot of our family and our friends. Sure. And I... I asked her so I said I've lost some sisters sisters in law I said will you be my sister
0: Oh my goodness
1: and she said yes I would love to be your sister and I said and you will be my sister with the most beautiful tan of all of them and we don't I mean we can talk about this because it's love
0: yeah.
1: and and it's it's just incredible
0: and where would you find Jesus what do you mean? Where would where would a person find Jesus if Jesus were here? He would be at that prison, with those humble people, don't you think? He wouldn't be with the Pharisees. Jesus never was. he was criticizing them. But,
1: Jesus was always hanging out with the broken, the diseased, yeah. the sinners, and it's it's so amazing. And in fact, I have to share a, a, an experience. There was a gal that came in. She would show up at our Bible studies occasionally, and she had the very butch haircut, you know, and and. Um, and the ink and stuff, and it, 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 just everything about her screamed that she might be a lesbian. And she came in, and she would always sit back and never participate. And she came in, and she was just sobbing one day. And so I went to her, and and I said, "What's going on?" And she said, "My wife left me." Well, hmm. now that now I all my suspicions are confirmed. And. You know, I was able to take her hands and pray with her and love her. And, of course, I couldn't condone or, you know, pray that her wife would come back to her. But we prayed and talked about her looking for Jesus in everything. And she started coming out more often and participating in Bible study. Well, they give her hope and yeah, she can be forgiven. God is so
0: good. Yeah. God is so good. And so, anyway, we just... Well, 27 people be baptized. That's just amazing. Yeah. you've had even more baptisms, right? Even before that. There were
1: baptisms before that, but this was the biggest. We got to go, Saturday we went, and we actually got to go into the yard, which is kind of an imposing place because there's all the razor wire and everything, (laughs) you know. But but pretty soon people relax. And so we were in there with probably 150 girls. We brought a worship band, and so we did some praise. Oh, you did. And then we, um, a couple different people spoke. Uh, But all the time, what was really going on is as all this was going on, we were free to mingle among the inmates, which isn't we don't get to do that very often. And so you could just look at the girls and say, God, show me which one. And you could just go over and just plop down on the grass next to them and start talking.
0: Really? And it
1: was was amazing. And the thing, there was a point I was standing at the back of the crowd, looking over the girls toward the band. And I could see the hands up, you know, and I could see the praise. And I just went, I know her, I've prayed with her. I, and I know her, I've held her while she cried. And I, I know this one and I know that one. And it was so amazing because I finally, as I was scanning across, I said, and I really know that one. It was Grace, my wife, Oh. <laughs> sitting in the grass, loving on this girl, <laughs> and she was just like me. She never would have been there with them. No as a Mormon, and she just loves them, And God is so good in that place, and there's there's only one reason not to be in prison ministry. That's because you're confused, because it's the most beautiful ministry I've ever had. So in
0: honor, honor to your, of your father, you've made this commitment to, to, that you're spending, uh, and this is a volunteer kind of a thing. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. paid at all no. or anything. Oh
1: yes, yes, I am paid well, huge, paid, but not, paid not in dollars.
0: So now you were explaining something about from Ogden to Tacoma. what, what oh, was that yeah. part of it
1: Part of our ministry is that we are always available to go into churches and, and oh. share our story and talk about how you can communicate with uh, Mormon people and, and bring them out. and so we've had an, we have several churches from Boise to Ogden that we go in once a month and share a message. But we've, had an, we've been able to go as far as Tacoma.
0: So there's more and of a Mormon outreach kind of a thing. It is absolutely you're... Mormon outreach. Oh, I see. And, and teaching Christian churches and...
1: Teaching Christians about... how, to out, how to reach out to Mormons. But it really is a prison outreach. Hmm. Because aren't they every bit as imprisoned as those who are in behind bars?
0: They certainly are spiritually, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so it's, it's the same thing. And, and we love to go there and... And, you know, one of the things that I've seen, Earl, is so much pain. People who come out and they lose their sons, their daughters, their spouses, their best friends. I know. But do you know what I've never seen? I've never seen a person say that it wasn't worth it. That what they received
0: with Christ
1: is so much more. In fact, if we go back to that black girl waiting in the line to be baptized... You know, I said, will you be my sister? Because I shared that, you know, that it's a hundredfold. And then I turned around and I pointed to this sea of women. I said, can you see all those people?
0: They're my sisters, they're too. You.
1: Yeah, I've gotten, <laughs> now they're the, your so, sisters. <laughs> so when I joke about that passage not being translated correctly, it's that as far as I can tell, God gives way
0: more than a hundredfold. Oh. Just pours it on. Yeah. So Now um, you even do a follow-up at, at a halfway house, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, we do.
1: Um, The girls that are local to the Pocatello area, when they're released from prison, they go into a halfway house.
0: Is that mandatory?
1: It it is. For a while? Yeah, for most of them it is. And so we do Bible studies at the halfway house as well. And so this is really freeing for us because now we can go in to the girls, and if they have a question about Mormonism we can't answer that in the prison oh, but, but in but the halfway house more, oh. no limits no restrictions we can oh. talk freely and openly about whatever they need to talk about
0: now are some of these uh, people in the in the prison part are they LDS
1: a, a large percentage are you got to remember that we're in so, southern idaho and most okay. of the girls are from southern idaho and you know that southern idaho is really just an extension of utah as right. far as mormonism, uh,
0: mormonism. Yeah. so
1: a lot of them are LDS
0: and so are they, they must start sensing this joy that, that Jesus can bring into their lives, right, when you're sharing this message?
1: Oh, you can see. It, it is the most amazing thing, Earl. There was one Sunday we called the girls up said, anybody who needs prayer. And four or five girls came up and then there were two of us. Uh, oh, I've since been ordained a pastor as well. Went oh, to good, school.
0: good for you. So
1: there were two pastors there and... And one, my friend Rev was going down and he was praying with each girl. What do you need? And then he would pray. And one girl says, I need to be released from the demons of addiction. And so he started to pray for her and she, she just fell down on the ground. She was just right down. She was on her hands and knees, but just as flat as she could be with her arms up over her head like this. And, uh, and so I, I mean, Earl, it's just unbelievable. So I just kneel down on the ground with her. Take her
0: hands.
1: (laughs) And so, meanwhile, Rev is now praying with the next girl and the next. And and we can just have this opportunity to pray with these broken people who are reaching out for God and and just weeping. And and it is just such an incredible thing. She has since started a ministry. She calls it uh, Hawk, Hope, Adoration, Worship, Kindled. And it's a ministry that she runs from inside the prison for those women who are enslaved to addiction. Man, that's, and she was
0: baptized last Saturday. But think of those seeds that you're planting and the hope you're giving them. The hope in Jesus. and uh, but, but don't, don't, don't give it to me. One? No, no, I, I understand I know what you're that. saying. I understand yeah, it. Yeah. But it's just... I mean, it's all God. It is and, all and Jesus. And he's so wonderful. And, and, you know, the journey that people take, these sweet people are finding Jesus, and maybe if they hadn't come to that place, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have ever heard that message.
1: Those who become true disciples say that all the time. They say, I hate this place, but this is where I found God, and so I love this place. A little man from a church that we go to, one of the churches we go to is kind of an old biker church. has a lot of convicts in it. Yeah, And he came up and he showed me a book. He says, I wrote these songs in my, jail, in my prison cell. And I opened it, and I started to read, and the lyrics were screwy, and there were, the, every other word was misspelled. And I became Lancerol the Pharisee, judging it, you know, for a minute.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And then I stopped and went wait, and I went back Let's and reread it, and I went these words were written in a prison cell as a man was coming to Christ. Even if I would judge it as being inferior, <laughs> God loves every song. And this is just the kind of thing we see through the prison ministry all the time. Uh,
0: well, Lance, I'm really excited for you. And uh, I know that there are other prison ministries that go on. I've heard of people in St. George that do mm-hmm. prison ministries in Brigham City and other sure. places. And it must be so rewarding. I just have never done it i know grant palmer did it you know grant palmer yeah, yeah, know sure. him and he, yeah. he did that and in fact he thinks maybe that's one of the things that really brought him out of the church was because he could only teach the bible there and so he <laughs> yeah. started learning about the bible right you know more than he ever had before sure
1: yeah it's it is it is amazing it's incredible and in fact i went in and i wanted to talk about mormonism in the prison. And then I got—I I actually got—I tr- got in trouble for you doing it. Do yeah, right. I, I got in a lot of trouble for yeah. it. And we have since learned that faith comes by hearing the word. Yeah. It doesn't. We. It doesn't matter what Mormonism is, or isn't. What matters is who Christ is and will always be. And we just share that and share that. And then the girls, they will go into a Mormon meeting or whatever, and they come back to us and say, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what they're teaching. I said, oh yeah, I might.
0: (laughs) Yeah, after 40, 60 years, I (laughs) might.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, Lance, any last kind of last minute thing you want to share? Our time's almost gone. And uh, anything to your family? You've still got brothers and sisters-in-laws, it sounds like, in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, To my
1: family, especially my family, but also my lifelong friends. I have asked each one of you to allow me to sit with you and open up your canonized scripture. That's all I want to do is open up your books of scripture, your Bible, your Book of Mormon, your Doctrine and Covenants, and seek God. And you won't. And I would ask you, where is Christ in your life if you're not willing to sit down with someone who doesn't believe as you do, Where is Christ if you won't sit with him and read your own Bible, your own Book of Mormon? God is so big and so full of love and so full of life and he's waiting for you. And I know that you can't comprehend what I'm saying oftentimes, but I tell you this and I promise you this, you want what we have. You need
0: what we have. They just don't know it. Right? And you
1: just don't know it. God is so big. So just reach out to him, love him, and see where he leads you because he will take you higher.
0: Well, I think you're just doing a wonderful job. I know it's in God's hands, but touching the lives of so many. And as they come out with a renewed hope of forgiveness, as we've mentioned, and and. Uh, uh, probably a freedom and a liberty that they've never felt before. I, I oh, see it every
1: day, every yeah. week. It's
0: incredible. incredible. Uh, that's thrilling. Well, thanks again, Lance. I appreciate Thank you, you sharing your story. And we'll see you next time on mormon Files. This has been the audio podcast of The Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. The Ex-Mormon Files is produced by Main Street Church of Brigham City. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at ExMormonFiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. Do you have an ex-Mormon story to share? Write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com.